The Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition presents Prostate Cancer, One Man's Journey, a special podcast series featuring Michael Despezio, who shares insightful experience in dealing with prostate cancer, from his early diagnosis to medical options he undertook to how his quality of life was affected. Michael is a writer, TV host, and science educator who's co-authored over 60 science textbooks used in K-12 classrooms. He's chronicling his journey with prostate cancer in an effort to help others. Quality of life, yeah, it's easy to throw that term around, but it really impacts people as it impacted you. Can we talk about it? Sure. Um, you know, in looking at the treatment that I selected, I knew that the quality of life issues were mostly around urinary incontinence and erectile dysfunction. And I opted not to do radiation and hormones because they bring with them their own set of side effects. And I, I didn't want to deal with that potential. Not everybody's going to get everything, but the potential for them was enough to help me direct to radical prostatectomy. You've talked with me a lot about the decision-making process and why it's so important for the man who's undergoing this to really know what's ahead, but to have that sense of power in making decisions. Is that generally the way it should be? It needs to be that way because okay. you're making critical decisions that are going to affect your life and the quality of life. You don't want to sit back there 10 years later saying, oh, wow, why did I listen to this person when I could have went this way? And, you know, this is even more important now because with all the latest research, all the latest treatments, looking at what the potential is for coming out there with what are called focal treatments where you're not having the whole gland removed, but mm. you're addressing the tumor. There are other opportunities. This is a changing and shifting landscape, and you need to be well-informed. Right. Quality of life, it's what happens afterwards. And we've talked about the incontinence. We've talked about erectile dysfunction that I don't know of anybody who hasn't had a prostate removed that hasn't been dealing with that. Let's focus on, on things that men should be aware of again and things that they can do about it. The mental health aspect is huge. And you need to prepare yourself mentally for what will likely become some considerable changes. Several of the changes will be short-term, that's great, while others might impact you for the rest of your life. And what about work? If someone is facing the uh, issue that they've got to get back to work at some point to support their family, what do you say to that guy? Boy, that, that, that's a tough situation. I was fortunate in enough that, that I'm a writer, so I mm -hmm. can write anywhere. I can write from my bed. I can do, do you know, crawl into my studio and write there. Right. If you're going into a job, that, that is tough because you're going to have to make some hard decisions on where you are. The good news is that following a biopsy... It's not going to be impacting your ability to go out to work. Maybe it's going to take a couple of days of feeling uncomfortable. However, after major, major surgery, which I experienced, you're not going to want to go right back out. People heal at different rates. I've seen people start getting back into going to work several weeks after. Me, I, no way. I, I was still pretty much, you know, a homebody sticking around mostly at the home for, for two months at least after surgery. So, so we know your choice. We haven't really focused on what radiation is in this case and how it impacts. I think it's a good time to do that because that's an obvious choice for a lot of men, an obvious path to take. What's involved with that? process. Okay. There's different types of radiation. Uh, first of all, let's get back to what radiation does. We talked before about the cell, and inside the cell you have DNA, you have got the cell blueprints, which direct the cell to do all sorts of things, including make copies of itself. 
Now, what radiation does, it can go in there and it can damage that DNA. And in damaging that DNA, the cell has actual chemicals that can help repair it. So that's why radiation takes a while. Um, but you can go in and damage the cell's DNA so that the cell eventually will die. And that is really the goal of radiation, to go in there and what you want to do is to kill, and first you're going to damage those cancerous cells. Now, radiation can be delivered in several different ways. One, there's an external form where you're getting external beam radiation. So you're going in front of a machine, think of it like an x-ray machine, a high-tech x-ray machine that is able to target the tumors using these beams of intense radiation, mm -hmm. and they're able then to damage those specific sites. There's also internal radiation where you get implants, where you get brachiotherapy, you get radioactive seeds or radioactive pellets that are placed next to the tumor, and they emit radiation, and that's harmful to the local cells. As far as side effects of radiation, uh, sadly, we all know people who have gone through it for other cancers, I'm sure. Uh, there's uh, fatigue that comes to mind, maybe burning and so forth. What, what's the latest that you know of in your research? First, let me address a concept surrounding radiation that may be a bit murky. Although radiation may be given as a monotherapy with the intent of curing cancer, sometimes it is accompanied with hormone treatments. This depends mostly upon the Gleason score. The higher the risk, the more likely hormone therapy will be given as a part of curative intent. So if, if you have a higher risk cancer, you may be looking at the side effects of both radiation and hormone therapy. By the way, hormone therapy, also known as ADT, short for androgen deprivation therapy, is also the mainstay of treatment if the cancer comes back. Now back to side effects. As you mentioned, fatigue is a common side effect associated with radiation. Radiation treatments also have the potential to impact the urinary system, the bowels, sexual response, and more. So be sure to talk with your caregiver about what might be expected. Michael, we hear more and more these days about the exciting research and the development of targeted therapy. How does that impact the situation for men? The great news is that within the past few decades, there have been considerable improvements to how radiation is focused and delivered. This results in more targeted therapy, resulting in less collateral damage to nearby tissues, which might trigger unwanted side effects. Plus, there are improvements in imaging technologies that can now uncover tumors that before were too small to be detected. This offers up more options in monitoring and treating prostate cancer during early stages of the spread. One more question about all this, and that's the, the time element. How much time are, are men likely to have to offer up if they don't get the surgery, but they go for a radiation treatment? Uh, just a range. The definitive answer is, it depends. Conventional external beam radiation used to be given in a series of sessions that lasted about two months, and you'd receive a radiation treatment five times a week. Nowadays, higher and much more effective doses can be administered in only 
four to five weeks, about half that time. There's even a radiation dosing that can be accomplished in just five treatments. So talk with your radiation oncologist about the most effective treatment that will address the specifics of your prostate cancer. Finally, when it comes to quality of life, no one wants to think that they're all alone in this fight. Uh, Misery, I hate to use the expression, misery loves company, but when you use the resources that say the mass Prostate Cancer Coalition offers the support groups, that has to have a positive impact. It certainly does. Organizations such as the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition offer a variety of resources for everyone, not just the person with prostate cancer, but for everyone impacted by this disease. At their site, you can learn more about local support groups across the state and find out when and where they meet and how to contact these groups. You can also listen to a variety of podcasts on topics that range from shared decision-making, which I discussed before, to advances in diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer. The bottom line is that you are not alone. Others have experienced or are currently moving through a similar journey, so don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for your continued knowledge and enthusiasm. You're welcome. The topics discussed on this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be used to make medical decisions. Every individual has unique circumstances which will influence their medical care and the application of scientific literature should be interpreted within the context of your general health. Please consult a doctor before making any clinical decisions. You've been listening to a special series, Prostate Cancer, One Man's Journey with Michael Despezio. For more, visit the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition website, masspcc.org. Again, you can subscribe and download our regular podcast series, Prostate Cancer and You, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Jordan Rich. Thank you for listening.